Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. Hi Anita, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am good as I hope everybody else is today. But we had a fantastic podcast guest who you're going to hear now any moment, which was Adele Johnston. Funnily enough, we met her through, or we know of her, because we share the same podcast producer. So she has a podcast as well. And we thought it'd be quite an interesting one to have on because we help a lot of coaches. So we help people that are similar to her. She's a coach. But also, lots of people that listen to this podcast are of a similar age to us and could be in perimenopause or coming up for menopause and things so we thought it'd be an interesting subject to talk about with in regards to the subject itself and also her business subject 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 cool hi <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I say subject like loads of times yeah. <laughs> anyway let's get into the subject of the subject <laughs> let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe okay so i am adele johnston the menopause coach i work with women high achieving women who are determined <coughs> in their life bless you Sorry. <laughs> yeah so i work with women all over the world to help them to just feel their best possible vibrant sassy and energetic self in menopause and midlife I am the founder of the Reclamation Formula, which is what we use inside that education space, and also the Menopause Support Coach Certification, which is a 12-week certification, which is fully accredited and CPD certified. So yeah, businesswoman, perimenopausal myself. So I was actually 36 when I noticed changes, 37 when I had it confirmed, yeah. So how did you get in? What did you do before? How did you get into doing all of this? Yeah, so I had over 20 years in corporate. I was in quite Mm. senior management roles within corporate. I became one in 10 women who resigned from their corporate life because of menopause and the lack of support. So it was, um, yeah, corporate life and the the other version of me. Um, And then came into working in the female health space over a decade ago. So I had a business that was already running alongside my corporate life. And it wasn't until then I started to work very deeply in the menopause space that I decided that, you know, I'd left my career. I thought this is an opportunity to go all in and spend all of those kind of 60 hours that we were spending in corporate life, actually reading research and helping women with their menopause journey. So I do a lot of paying it forward. I have my own podcast, The Menopause Coach. And do a lot of kind of free advice through the yeah, podcast. Because we share the same uh, podcast yeah. producer, don't we? The lovely Yes, we do. He is awesome. We have to give him a bit of a shout out while we're on here. He's a pleasure to work Only because he's listening. Yeah, yeah we've, got to, we've got to say it. <laughs> yeah. If you are a guy listening to this and think it's not relevant to you, if you have women in your life, please stay listening because you, yes. you might yeah if you if you've got the knowledge then yeah you can probably help um so i've got a question Let's do i it. don't know whether because of my time of life and i'm definitely perimenopausal i don't know whether i'm noticing stuff about the menopause and what's going on with it and what to do about it more because it applies to me or yeah. whether actually the word is getting out there and it's being yeah. spoken about more and things are getting better what what do you think a bit of both i would say anita mm. i think that the, there's a a high possibility that you're a wee, wee bit more in tune with your own body. And when we become very attuned to ourselves and how we feel, then the symptoms and the signs of perimenopause are vast. So, you know, you might just notice that 
it's maybe not so much physical symptoms. You might just notice that you're a bit slower cognitively. You're maybe not sleeping as well. Can't yeah, remember the words, certain yeah, words. Absolutely. And that can just be an indication then. And what we find with women is that we are the worst for just saying, well, maybe I'm just tired because it's been a busy day yes. at work. Or it's so, just yes. me. I'm just like that. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just this or it's just that the kids are playing up. You know, mm. we don't ever get prepared for the fact that we might have young kids or preteen kids. And then we're jumping into this menopause space. Nobody kind of prepares you for that. I know. And how cruel is mother nature that generally now the age we have children, you know, I've got a daughter who's going through puberty, a yeah. son who's going through puberty. I'm going through menopause and we're just like, Phew! yeah, exactly. Explosion. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden the pets in the household are like, I am leaving. No, we discussed our dog earlier today. He's got grumpy man syndrome now, hasn't he? So oh, really? He's old. Yeah, he's a, he's a grumpy old man. Yeah. He no. yawned while I was talking the other day. <laughs> it's rude, isn't it? But yeah, it's so, a difficult time. And there's so much of me- is made of puberty, isn't it? And how, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to cut them some slacks. They're going through puberty. It's such a massive change. And actually, yeah. the menopause is just the opposite of puberty, but exactly the same, but in reverse. Yeah, it's all like, well, it's just like old women, you know, old sisters <laughs> and like, it's a joke, isn't it? It's bizarre. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when I, I when I was younger and I worked in offices and there was older women that worked in the offices as well, mm. um, and they, you know, they'd fan themselves or they'd have these... Women who fan themselves with bits of paper. I know you get hot and everything but you don't do the like, like womanhood any favors with that image of women just fanning my i used to have someone who had a christmas card that she kept and she wants you to use that Mm-hmm. The same Christmas card right there. Yeah. Really. Um, but, but you know, and I genuinely just believed that you got to a certain age and your period stops and, yeah, you get hot a few times and that was it. But I, that's what I just thought, oh, your period stopped and then that's it, you're out of it. And and I knew mm. that some, some women got a bit hot sometimes and that is the extent that I knew. But obviously, thanks to when obviously Davina McCall has championed it mm-hmm. and like any said, maybe it's a case of what our age is as well. And also changing from working in like proper jobs, if you like, to doing Get Savvy Club. Um, and being around, we help a lot of fantastic um, female, well, all different coaches and all all mm-hmm. different people, but a lot of them have been female coaches and some of them have been menopause coaches. So just as a byproduct, we've kind of learned this stuff luckily before yeah. the time that it's sort of kind of prepared. Otherwise, you wouldn't be prepared and you'd just be like, what's happening to me? You know, what, what on earth is going on? Is that what you mean for you so early on then? That must have been, did, were you not even aware that it was that then? Well, it was because I was working in the space. So I had the kind of added advantage that I I was kind of living and breathing in this space. But yeah, it was a bit of an awakening moment when I had invited Dr. Zoe Hodson onto my podcast to talk with me. And obviously, you always do the kind of pre and post recording conversations. And it was only then when I'd mentioned to her about a few of the symptoms I was experiencing that she'd said, look, go and get your bloods done because this doesn't sound quite right. Let's just double check it's nothing underlying. And as we chatted through it more and more over the kind of six months or so that we would, we'd we been chatting, she's actually one of my mentors within the space. That was when it kind of penny dropped and I thought, I can't ignore this anymore. Like I, all the bloods were healthy and I was like, we celebrate that, right? We celebrate that we've got our health, but it didn't explain the multitude of symptoms and ailments that I How myself How usual had. is it for it to be quite early? Um, 
I will go out and say quite a bold statement here and say that I don't think it is early. I think that the majority of women do actually start to experience a downward trend in estradiol and progesterone around about mid-30s. Oh. I just don't think that there's enough women that are very in tune with themselves and understand their bodies. Mm. So when the changes start happening, we will very quickly say, I just did, a, you know, I had a heavy weekend or mm. work's been yeah. really busy or there's been a lot of emotional stress. So this is why I'm experiencing the heart palpitations or, you know, the, the, the kind of feeling of angst and anxiety. Um, so I just think that it takes a few more years for women to be like, wait a minute, this is not going away. What if? Hmm. So I don't think it is that it, as much as I've been kind of confirmed as having, I don't use the word diagnosed, but confirmed as having early perimenopause, I would say that it's probably quite normal. It's just that I'm so connected through, I do a lot of inner work. I'm so connected with my own body and what was normal and right and what felt different. Yeah. That that's so, what I noticed. Oh, so you notice like, yeah. Like you say, if people drink, yeah. they just think, oh, maybe I'm hungover or maybe yeah. I did that extra thing. Or well, yeah, just yeah, a yeah. bad day. You don't check in with yourself that much, do you? Exactly. You just go, oh, just exactly. Yeah. And it's the majority of women. I mean, the, the women that I support, the majority of what we do is in the reclamation formula, we look at nutrition. So I am an evidence-based nutritionist and we look at lifestyle as our second pillar. This is where we pull a lot of the corporate experience. And then mind is a vast, deep pillar that we spend a lot of time in as a positive psychology coach and breathwork facilitator. There's a lot that we do in that space. What we find is that women don't actually understand. So we, as women, lose that connection with ourselves and who we truly are. Because of all so the what, trials and tribulations of being a woman. What should we be doing to help ourselves? Just the same as, as any other healthy person? Or is there more that we should do in terms of nutrition yeah. and what have you? So it's not what I tend to experience and explain, um, experience with clients, but explain to them is that it's not that it's a blanket approach of just eat this and just mm. do that. All right. Because for some individuals, it might be actually, you know, we vastly need to overhaul how your lifestyle is being led. And for others, it might be, do you know what? You've actually got really strong foundations there. It's very individual, but what I would say is health is multifaceted. It's not just about the nutrition, okay? It's not just the food that we eat, but it's also how we show up for ourselves. You know, when was the last time that you did anything that brought you happiness and joy just for joy? When was the last time that you allowed yourself a moment to just say, this is a self-cares moment, you know, I'm taking this for me. And that's important. And how we show up in our non-verbal way to ourselves as well as verbal, I mean, how many women, and you might do this yourself to yourself, but how many women do you hear that will make a mistake and say, oh my God, I'm so bloody stupid? Yeah, lots of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's that whole piece of the psychology that comes out in this is, well, you're not stupid. It might have just been a really silly mistake and mistakes get to be fine. They get to be, you know, educational and we just won't do that again. So it was part of the journey. So, yeah, there's there's a big piece in that section that health in its entirety is not just about the food we eat, but it's how we show up for ourselves. My mum has a best friend that she's had all her life um, mm -hmm. since they were like, I don't know, 12 or something. She has always said, anytime you're ever offered HRT, go for it. 
what, what yeah. are your uh, thoughts on that? On so I do have a disclaimer. I, I replace my hormones with HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. I have a Marina coil, which I had after I had my twins. I didn't want any more twins. I was traumatized. <laughs> Love them dearly. They are the best thing that ever, has ever come into my life, but could not go through that again. So yeah, contraceptive was the marina coil and actually then that acts as a progestogen which is the synthetic form of progesterone so that's that part of my hormone replacement i also have the um gel so the estrogel pump pack which again it's just a clear gel that goes onto my thighs or my arms every morning and then i also have testosterone so again when we looked at my own individual needs testosterone was a requirement so I have testosterone replacement therapy as well so but how yeah. long have you been taking that two years now all right I would say around a year and a half on testosterone and two years on the full um, preparation of HRT so my gel and my marina um as just for me I think what's important with it is that we get to make our decisions based on what we know knowledge wise I had obviously quite a vast amount of knowledge and having had Zoe Hodson as my mentor or one of my mentors, it was important then that I researched and was able to bring through what was important for me in my health. Now, what we know is when we go into that perimenopause stage of life, okay, there's there's different stages of our menopause journey. Perimenopause is around about that kind of latter 30s to early 40s if we put a benchmark age. And this is where our estradiol, and our progesterone start to go on a drop. So we start to see those declining hormones happen over around about a 10-year window. So perimenopause is around 10 years that we go through that stage. And as those hormones start to drop, the earlier that that happens to a woman, the more risk that we hold in latter years of our life. So when we think about what estradiol, this is part of our estrogen, So estrogen is actually a plural. There's estrogens within that. So one of them being your estradiol. That part is so brain and heart and skeletal protective that when we go for any length of time with that significantly reduced, we do expose ourselves to a bit more risk in latter years. And women, unfortunately, we are exposed to a lot more cardiovascular related disease and risk when we are postmenopausal because of that estradiol decline. So I wasn't willing to play around with that. Health is my number. Well, I've got a few, but my biggest value in my life is health. And I just thought based on the knowledge I have on what I want for my body, I want my mobility. I want my health. And my gran, my mum's mum had passed from dementia and that's not a life that I want to put my family through it's my worst fear there was a lot of misinformation about HRT wasn't there Um, which was you know very public and I just think that we're still suffering from a bit of that now massively quite mistrustful about it but for me you know I'm not on it yet but um I have got it I just took it and didn't get on with it so stopped and haven't like rearranged it and and seem to be okay at the moment Mm. but um yeah definitely without question I think yeah and there's probably a part to that as well Anita around you know I remember when I first had my I picked up my prescription we had the funny looks from the pharmacy team because they're like, why are you getting this? This, this is hormones. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, right, okay. What is it? You were using it for something else? Uh, who knows? <laughs> just probably just thinking, why are you picking this up? And I remember coming home with it and opening it and I, I was all excited because it's like, oh my God, this is going to take away all these symptoms and horrible ailments. 
And then I used it for the first time and I burst out crying. And I thought, Mm -hmm. why am I so emotionally attached within this? So I remember jumping onto um, WhatsApp and voice noting Dr. Zoe Hodson saying, why am I so upset about it? And she replied with this most beautifully compassionate thing of saying, it's very normal that you've got this heightened emotion around the fact that it is going to help you. But also the fact that I thought this is my forever now. Mm. Yeah, this this is my forever. I'm on what's deemed to be a medication when I'd yeah. never been on any medication in my entire life. So I had to do a lot of inner work for me to refra- like to reframe that a bit to say, well, no, it's not medication. It's topping up my hormones for health. This is my health journey. I've never thought about the end game. I just thought about going on it. So how long yeah. are people on average on it? You can be on it forever. Can you? Never thought. Yeah. I just thought it's something I'll take and then I never yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I just assumed you you stopped when your period stopped for good, like you had that twelve year twelve years, no. twelve months after. I just thought mm-hmm. then that's when you you would stop it. That's what I No. Assumed. So I think there, there there is, and this comes back to that point around, you know, the damage that has been done. The WHI study that was about twenty one, twenty two years ago now when that was published and leaked and falsely informed you know it it has been discredited so it's Mm -hmm. not a valuable study it should never have been Mm -hmm. released in its form and you know a lot of the subjects that they researched within their their control trials was really around um, post-menopausal women okay but what we've got to look at is the journey of menopause starts at that perimenopause 10-year period where the hormones are dropping you're absolutely right Anna the whole point of menopause the word menopause is actually one day so you spend around 10 years in perimenopause then when you've not bled for 10 con- sorry 12 consecutive months so no period for 12 consecutive months the next day is your menopause day that's, that's it. And then after that, you're in post-menopausal stage oh, of we life. Should, we should do something special on that day. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you track your thing? Because on my Fitbit, they have where you put your, uh, the days that you're bleeding on, like your periods and stuff on. Do you I have do a period tracking like app because otherwise I yeah. have no clue. Mine's on the yeah. Fitbit. Yeah, I mean, I am regular, but it's very personal, this, isn't it? But, yeah, because um, yeah, well, well, the days go so fast, don't they? And yeah, sometimes yeah. I think, why do I feel so angry with everyone? I'll look at my face, oh, that's exactly why. <laughs> and <laughs> remembering that when... little mood yeah. in there, little angry face. No, emoji. I don't do that, but if it says period due three days, I'm like, oh, that's why. Uh, I hate everybody sense. in the house. <laughs> yeah, beware. The yeah. little, yeah, the wee dots on the calendar. Certainly with the ladies that I work with, it's an encouragement that we do track so that we appreciate that if you're in your luteal phase or your follicular phase, you know, yeah, it's like I get to appreciate where I feel quite powerful and energized. And then other times within that month where maybe you're a bit more vulnerable and you just need to be very caring of yourself, you know, we get to show up for how we need to show up for ourselves. We don't have to just show up with the kind of mindset of I have to do this. You know, I have to be there for other people. So, yeah, definitely tracking is a really good way yeah, of tracking. Because I, I was on contraceptive for a long time and I became single a few months ago, quite yeah. a few months ago. And I am um, so I came off it all just to, and I was dead mm. interested to see, like, yeah. oh, will it go back to like 
dead on like regular again or what it be and it is like it's pretty much dead on regular again yeah as you as you are uh, viewers and uh podcast listeners probably want to hear but it's interesting to have the app isn't it and like to see and then mm-hmm. be like oh because what i have noticed though every now and then is like they like the last one was only three days which is short for me so yeah. i'm thinking ah the science <laughs> this is very so, detailed yeah uh, <laughs> if anybody wants a copy of my uh flow chart <laughs> i mean screenshot the dates or whatever yeah. The one it tells you when you're ovulating, you're like, oh gosh, you want to know about that? Thank you. Mm, Not interested no, in any more children. So here's another, this is a really interesting point on ovulation and bleeding then as well. Actually, because of our menstrual flow, our cycle between those two phases of our bleed. So if we think about menstrual cycle or menses, whatever you want to call it, we have that luteal and the follicular phase. Now in between both of those came mid-month you are going to have a massive spike in your estrogen and your progesterone. And it's really so healthy for us as women that actually it's suggested within that space as well that this is now a health marker for us to appreciate, well, if we're not having that bleed. So for me, for example, I don't have that natural spike and then drop. Yeah. So if we even just draw a straight line and we have that, then we would have this kind of like up here in the middle yeah, that's like mid-cycle and we have this beautiful, big, flourishing flow of estrogen and progesterone that really help to nourish the body of us as women. So it's it's actually not just about, oh, I'm ovulating to have children. It's like I'm ovulating, but I'm going through the cycle, the health cycle for my body. Mm, and it's such a beautiful so way. complex, isn't it? Mm. To understand How many all. symptoms are there like I've had all sorts of things. I've yeah. heard like people say this. That I've even somebody. I don't know if someone about came on our podcast before, but somebody said that they knew of someone that works in an office that, uh, and there's quite a lot of women in the office, and they have like the list of the 37 potential uh, symptoms, symptoms on like on this on the on the wall. So yeah, but that's it? menopause. <laughs> Like, yeah it's never ending would you say it's 37 have you got a different number what so I actually um I've got a, a list of the the kind of severe and more common ones that we teach within our certification and there's over 40 on that list wow. I think the easiest way to explain this would be estrogen estradiol so that one element of estradiol is so abundant and protective within our bodies as females that as it starts to take a decline over our perimenopause, we have estrogen receptors in our brain, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, on our skin, everywhere. And even for a lot of women, it can be quite an an onset of symptoms can come vaginally. So we might find that we have discharge or smells. We might have painful intercourse, you know, bleeding during or post intercourse we might find that even when we go for our smear test that it's painful and really you know really discomforting with a lot of blood afterwards that can be an indication that we're actually low with vaginal estrogen so the symptoms are from head to toe really and inside out so when we start to drop in our estrogen the body is literally if you visualize this so if you think about when you go to the arcades and you've got these grabbers for the, you know, you always lose your pound. You never get the teddy. Yeah, you never get it. <laughs> never get the teddy. Think of that like, you know, estrogen receptors all over the body going like this. And they all want that estradiol. And when it starts to drop, there's parts of the body that won't get it. And we know that from some MRI scans within the pre, peri, menopause and post menopause stages, there was a brain scan that followed that lady through those stages of life. But in perimenopause, 
we have a lot of our brain functionality compromised because, again, those receptors inside the brain are not kind of being fed that estrogen, that estradiol. So that's why we can forget words. That's why we can become highly emotional or erratic. We can all of a sudden have anxiety for driving when we've never had that before. So there's a lot of symptoms that can come from it. So based on the fact that you're saying estrogen is so good for us, particularly our later life, would you Mm. say that anyone in perimenopause should take HRT regardless of whether they've got symptoms that they can't cope with? Because I always think, well, I'll wait until I really can't Can't cope. cope. Yeah. So I... I'm very agendaless and, and try to be as unbiased as possible. I all obviously know that there is a little bit of personal bias within it because I do replace my hormones. What I would say, however, is it's individual choice. Please do your research, do your reading, ask the questions. I would never suggest that everybody has to start taking estrogen if it's not something you want to, but you need to be aware of what estrogen in the, in the body does. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, what about breast cancer, though? I want to be very clear with something that if you are drinking, let's just pick wine. If you are drinking one to two glasses of wine per night, I know a lot of ladies in midlife and menopause will turn to kind of half a bottle to a bottle of wine in an evening. You are vastly increasing your risk of breast cancer way above what HRT ever would. There's always risk with something. Okay, I'm not saying that HRT equals breast cancer. If you are overweight or you're carrying um, a bit more adipose tissue, so fat cells in the body, or you're in the slightly obese or morbidly obese category, you are 10 times more at risk. You know, we we kind of have this perception that if I take HRT, I'll get breast cancer, but actually it's not how it works. Okay. Your genetics play a role. Your lifestyle factors play a role. So if you are leading a very healthy life, then, you know, it's almost like, well, there's a risk to me stepping outside and being knocked over by a car tomorrow or today. There's risk in everything we do. But I suppose to answer that question, I would say that you've got the opportunity to trial it. Okay. It's not something that you get an injectable and it's there for life. You can trial this and you would ultimately go on cyclical process of applying and reapplying your HRT types. Mm. So if you find that it's not working for you, you can stop. What I would suggest, however, is that we must, and it's every woman's responsibility to know this, but we must become a lot more understood around how our bodies function, how we feel. Yeah, it's not our GP's responsibility to say, well, you should be feeling this by now and I'm going to make sure you have this now. It's our bodies. Yeah. Nobody's responsible for them but us. Yes. But you often need that bit of support. I'm really lucky that we've got a fantastic Mm -hmm. doctor at our surgery, a female doctor who's like a massive advocate of HRT. So we don't struggle to get it and we don't struggle to talk about that kind of thing. But I know that that's like actually really common, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some people have gone to the doctors and then just been um, subscribed to antidepressants. Yeah, because it happens really a lot. Like, yeah. Oh, you're just, you're just a bit sad. Here you go, have some antidepressants. Yeah. You know, which is obviously not. But again, mm-hmm. they're pushed, aren't they? They haven't got much time. And they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. probably not, you know, not up to, don't really know. They probably I don't think we should make excuses for them. I think it's inexcusable. It's often men, you know, it's yeah. even women as well. Yeah, but yeah, to not yeah. understand that there is yeah. more than one reason around here. And to, you know, you know, if you are a man and you can't get your head around it, then research it. So yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, just because they're busy doesn't mm-hmm. mean they can't do a good job. Yeah. yeah, only having I know. Out, how many minutes is it or whatever to, to assess somebody and then move on. Yeah, 
Yeah. So we always ask two questions uh, in our podcast. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're the Get Savvy Club. So what makes you savvy? Ooh, I love that. I love the word savvy. I would say what makes me savvy is my curiosity. So I'm curious about things that interest. I'm curious about things that don't make sense. And I'm too nosy to just leave it at that. I need to go and figure it out. So, oh, yeah, good. Curiosity is good. Um, And the second question we always ask is for you to recommend a book that's helped you at some point. It could be marketing, Mm. business, self-help. Love it. Do you know, so we were talking about this before we hit on record about books and things that we're enjoying. I kind of am one of those really, I can't read one book cover to cover. I like to read many books at once. So one of the books that I always go back to that I absolutely love is You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I love the way that's written. Yes, really funny, funky, easy to understand. And it just reminds us that we actually have the abundance of power to call in through affirmations and, you know, the law of attraction. It's powerful. Fabulous. Interesting stuff, definitely. And Anna's right, you know, it's it's um, important for men to understand it as much as it is for women because they're living yeah. with a woman. So. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it can understand. be very destroying. Yeah, and it's not all about you, men. Sometimes it's about <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. what is the best way for people to find you then on like social media and things if they want to find out more about what you do yeah so if, if you jump onto google you can put adele the menopause coach and it will come up with where i'm active i'm probably more so very present across instagram so if anybody's on instagram you'll find me there if you just type in the dot menopause coach you will find me or adele the menopause coach it will come up um and i'm happy to chat with you in there Yep. And your podcast. Um, so the Menopause Coach, very simple, very easy. And you can get that across all platforms. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. So, yeah, interesting topic. And I know it's maybe a bit more about women than about men, but lots of men live with women. And, you know, what they're going through, you're going through. Do you know what I heard today on the radio? Literally, early so when I was um, getting myself a cup of tea, in the kitchen i heard that now they're going to try and get so every woman aged 45 as soon as they turn 45 or whatever they go to the doctors to talk about menopause to talk about what could be happening what's going to start and whatever and that's going to be a thing that's going to be brought into rather than people waiting until all these different things happen and they're not too sure why all these different things are happening and then they go to the doctor going what's wrong with me and the doctor goes oh it's probably just perimenopause they're actually going to like well, no, because the doctor doesn't sooner. say that, do they? They say you've got depression, have some. So it, it's not about just going to the doctor. It's oh, about making sure that the doctors can like understand what you're going through and mm. like diagnose you instead of misdiagnosing you. Just going, oh, you're yeah. fine, or oh, you've got depression, or here's, you know, here's some happy pills. Yeah, yeah. But you, do, but you know, but so that's a good thing, then, isn't it? If it's especially for that that you go in because no, but that's what I mean. If you're going to see a doctor who has no idea, most of them don't, then it's, it's not, you'll still get, probably come out with antidepressants. But this is not, um, this is purely for that. So that would be a good thing then, wouldn't it? So you'd hope that if you're going in for that, somebody that's meeting you is aware of it because that's the whole point of you going in for that chat. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, she was interesting and she's obviously passionate about, and it just goes to show, doesn't it? That, um, you know, you can, you can like our daughters at the moment are doing their GCSEs and thinking about you know what exams you need to um, 
go and get a job and what have you but ultimately it's your experiences you have in life and the things that you're really passionate about that you can turn into a job and there isn't a GCSE advantage in the no there's not a GCSE about turning your passion into profit so there should be how can, what are you interested in and how can we use that to get you forward no well we always say to people that the thing you should have a business is, is that thing that you can't help but meddle in yeah. anyway so the thing that people always come to you about oh go you're good at this can you just tell me or when you like overhear your friends talking you go actually and you can't help but tell people what you know they yeah. should do because that that is your thing that's, that's your thing, thing. You i actually spoke this about I actually spoke to a woman this morning who's uh, thinking about joining us on social media made easy. And I was telling her like about how long I've just been like, you know, like how, how lives were more successful on Facebook back in the day when they were first a thing, because obviously there were brand new things. Facebook wanted to, you know, saying how, how many lives they did then because I just saw a bus and oppressed it and it it's that kind of thing isn't it when Facebook started it was around the same time as I quit drinking so I feel like I switched one addiction for another but it's, it's kind of and when I did recruitment I had people coming up and going can you just help me with this LinkedIn please you're good at this can you they'd be struggling they've got like two different I don't even know why they've got two accounts set up and they're in a muddle or why don't you do that or change this so yeah it's totally that isn't it and you, you always like love to like help people just work out like how are you going to piece it together? How are you going to work out how to get what you're doing out to the masses and people to know about it and things? So, yeah, we kind of just do it anyway. So it makes sense to have it as a business. Definitely. So if you want to win a copy of her book, uh, then simply uh, take a screenshot of this episode and put it on social media and tag us in. And also, we would love you to do a rating or a review. You know, it doesn't take very long and we'd yeah. love to read them. We do read them all and um, yeah, the funny ones as well. So yeah, anyway, whatever it is you do for the rest of the day, have a great day and uh, meet up with you on the next podcast. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.